Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to CruiseControlRadio.com and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. This is Cruise Control, Control. your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin Control. because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That's right. Hang on, everybody. We are rolling. Welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Les Jackson. The other guy about to speak is Fred Staub. And as we do every single week, we have a lot of stuff to talk about in the auto industry. Yeah, we sure do, Les. And uh, we're going to start off with some great stories. Uh, One of them is Honda unwrapping its 11th generation Civic with a more straightforward design inside and out. Straightforward. Now, there's a word. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. Anyway, AMG GLC 63S SUV. (laughs) Okay, well, that's the story. We ran out of time. Uh, Anyway, uh, it's coming alive with V8 power. That's a Mercedes, by the way. Yeah. And uh, when's the last time we heard of a new V8-powered vehicle? Not not any time lately, have Pretty we? rare. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're going to talk about that, and we're also going to talk tech, virtual design. It's a key to Cadillac's future, new models, getting them out faster and faster and faster. I think we're going to see a lot of new models come out uh, a lot quicker than in the past because the drivetrain will be the same. And really, all their engineering is the body and the interior. So what do you think? I think we're going to see more and more come out faster and faster. I agree. Uh, It's the future. And um, up in Canada, the politest people in the world, (laughs) their uh, Canadian car dealers are actually annoyed with U.S. car dealers. And we'll explain why. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, all that, and we're going to have an at-the-wheel review of the all-new 2022 Acura MDX. It's the fourth generation of their flagship crossover. When we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio, it is a 2022 Model S, and it is one of the first 2022 models I've driven. Time marches on, doesn't it? It does. Um, it always does. But the fact is, you think about it, uh, what I like about these days is that the, we're not losing any brands. No, we, ha- we haven't lost any brands in a while. There was that uh, dark period where we did. Boy, and- there's you know, like a four-year period when we lost a bunch. Yeah, a Pontiac being a big one. I always like Pontiacs and... Uh, and we lost that, and of course, uh, Oldsmobile and and more Plymouth. Yep, Plymouth. Yeah, exactly. Saab. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, all that's coming up on Cruise Control, so stay tuned and don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can do that by going over to cruisecontrolradio.com, and all the links are there. I'm Fred Staub. He is none other than Les Jackson. We will be right back on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine.
Cruise Control is live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern on Facebook and YouTube. For the latest news on new models, automotive tech, industry insider interviews, and new vehicle reviews, tune in live starting at 10 a.m. Eastern every Saturday on YouTube and Facebook Live. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Mayday, 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 Les Jackson, May 1st. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here with you uh, on your on-air automotive magazine. Our first story this hour involves the 11th generation of the Honda Civic, completely redesigned, simple and clean interior design, Les Jackson. That's what they're talking about. And when you look at the interior, when you look at the dashboard, it is sort of a straight-across design. It has a uh, kind of a trim piece, almost like an engine-turned trim piece. It also, it almost reminds me of of sports cars of the past. You know, very clean. It does. Very linear. It's something that Honda wanted to do. Now, they've also done what you would think they would do with a with a new vehicle. They've uh, have an all-new powertrain uh, or improved powertrain, upgraded chassis, high-rigidity body to improve dynamics and uh, NVH, noise, vibration, and harshness. And it's great that they brought out another generation of the Civic and didn't just turn it into a crossover, right? Well, it is. And, you know, they sell a whole bunch of Civics, always have. I don't know how many millions they've sold in the last uh, nearly 50 years. Um, the interior of this, I maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way, but the dash almost looks sort of porsche Yeah, I, I think I got that. I, I think I got that take on it, too. Um, on the outside, they've gone pretty conservative. It is a very conservative-looking car. Almost looks like a smaller version of uh, of the Accord, which makes sense because you want that familiarity, that family yep. familiarity of this. It is going to have a lot of the goodies that people want now. Standard seven-inch color touchscreen with Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. Available uh, HD 9-inch color touchscreen with wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. I don't know um, if you've used wireless and uh, Android Auto and CarPlay less, but it is it is certainly certainly pretty great. It uh, you really just don't have to think about it, and if you forget your cable, it doesn't matter. If you are going to use wireless uh, Android Auto or Apple CarPlay, you definitely want to have wireless charging and that is available in the touring model of the uh, of the Civic the brand new Civic uh, they've updated the suspension and steering tuning and let's talk a little bit about uh, what's available as far as the uh, engines go there's two engines uh, there is uh, uh, one that is a turbo a 1.5 liter turbo that is that is the most powerful one 180 horsepower uh, 177 pound-feet of torque. Uh, that's available in the EX and the Touring models. And then you have the naturally aspirated 2-liter, uh, which puts out 138 pound-feet of torque and 158 horsepower. The mileage is great on these vehicles. It's up a couple of miles to the gallon all, all around. 
the uh, EX is the mileage champion, EX model, with uh, City being 33, Highway 42, combined 36. But all of them uh, are very are at or very close to 40 miles to the gallon uh, on the highway. Pretty impressive, right? Pretty impressive. By the way, the first Civic uh, was a model year 75, and it had a 1.2-liter engine that was 53 horsepower. Wow. Which, by the way, got great mileage. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, people just bought them by, you know, quite literally by the ton. <laughs> I don't think there's any more, um, it doesn't look like there's any more manuals available. From I, I don't think sell. so. All CVTs are continuously variable transmissions um, with paddle shifters in the Sport and in the Touring Edition. Otherwise, it is it is what it is, right? Well, manual is uh, is a distant stepchild now in the industry. Yep, manual is a thing of the past, um, and it uh, I do like the clean styling. It does not look what would I say like some of the uh, older. Remember when they had the problem with the Civic uh, with the interior? It looked like they tried to cut corners on it, and then they yeah. it was so bad they changed it after six months. Remember that? Yeah, that was 2011. Yeah. Wow. Hey, on Cruise Control coming up, more about this brand-new 11th-generation Civic, and then we're going to uh, talk about the AMG GLC 63S <laughs> SUV <laughs> with V8 power. When we come back on Cruise Control, Boy. your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred. He's Les. Stay buckled up. Check out the live show on our YouTube page, Cruise Control, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Les. He's Fred. We were talking before the break. Just want to finish up on the, uh, Honda, the new Honda Civic, the 11th generation. Um... You still get a lot for your money. Yeah, uh, it's not a not a, a high end luxury car, but it, you know, you're not you're not sacrificing anything. Uh, plus, they're adding a traffic jam assist and low speed braking controls available on the new one. So, pretty hard to go wrong. You know, this is uh, is going to get a great safety rating. I mean, it hasn't been rated yet. It is way too new but you know it's going to get a great safety rating don't you sure yeah so well engineered and um and we don't know when it's coming out or coming to dealers yet but uh we'll keep you up to date and uh, i have to say i'm a fan of that interior design i just had the mdx which we're going to review uh in a little bit which is brand new for acura and i thought the interior was too busy too many levels mm. and shapes and things like that so uh, I think I understand where Honda is coming from, but uh, that's going to make its way across their lineup. But uh, let's move on to yet another vehicle, Les, and the AMG GLC 63S SUV. <laughs> that's, that's we got to shorten that. Yeah. We just got to shorten it. It has uh, been released this week from Mercedes. 
What makes this unique is it has V8 bi-turbo power, a 0 to 60 time of just 3.6 seconds, and it is a midsize, high-performance SUV. Uh, it is the highest available performance level in the GLC uh, crossover, which is one of their best-selling models. And it is a handcrafted 4-liter, 8-cylinder bi-turbo engine, 503 horsepower, 560 pound-feet of torque, which is pretty stout, isn't it? Well, yes. Um, it recorded the fastest lap time on the Nürburgring, mm -hmm. which, of course, tells me that it won't, won't ride real smooth, but I'm sure... I'm sure they had special wheels and tires on it. Yeah. Um, they've got to shorten the name. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just it's it's awkward. <laughs> I just see I just see a sketch where someone comes in to buy that, and the dealer says, "Oh, you want the AMG GLC 63S SUV?" And he's like, "Yes, uh, the AMG GLC 63S <laughs> SUV." Okay. That's right. Um. You can get the 43 model, uh, which has a uh, AMG-enhanced 3-liter V6 bi-turbo. That has a not-too-shabby 385 horsepower. Or you can get just the AMG GLC 63 SUV. Notice I left out the S. That has a handcrafted 4-liter V8 bi-turbo that puts out 469 horsepower. But the S SUV has the tuned 503 horsepower with the AMG SpeedShift 9-speed, uh, which is uh, pretty much standard across the board. There's a TCT SpeedShift in the V6 version. But this is uh, a lot of power. I think it's probably one of the last V8-powered AMG vehicles. Wouldn't you, believe, wouldn't you think so? I think it is, yeah. Um I was looking for the prices. A lot. The price would be a, <laughs> a lot. lot. Yeah. Uh, now, when if you're thinking about buying one of these, bear in mind that the difference between the lowest price one, which is the uh, the three liter V6, and the highest price, the V8 by turbo, the difference zero to sixty is only one second. Important when you're heading to the grocery store, don't you think? Well, I'll bet the difference in price is probably thirty grand. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like racing, you know. If you wanna if you want a nine second car versus a ten mm -hmm. second car, you're gonna pay a lot more for the nine right. second car, right? Double the money. Yeah, double the money. You want to go fast, you're gonna pay for it. Now we know that probably in the future they are still gonna be when they go switch over to electric vehicles completely, Mercedes. There are still going to be AMG vehicles. Do you think the uh, engineers will sign the motors and hand-wind the motors uh, like they do the engines right now? I think they'll stamp them. <laughs> they'll stamp. <laughs> they won't be there carefully winding yeah. uh, with a hand crank the uh, no. windings on the motor? Bruno. Click. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. Uh, and, uh, you know, I still say... I still say, and not this is not the case with these AMGs, but it's a point that I will talk about later with the MDX. I think people are going to eventually 
uh, find out that electric cars drive quicker than uh, internal yep. combustion cars. And one of the things that I encounter on a lot of new cars is the fact that there's so many speeds in a transmission, it seems like it almost slows the transmission down because it has to go through these gears so quickly and decide which one to be in. And I think since you don't have any of that on an electric car, it's like an on-off switch. There's no way they can make a transmission accelerate as hard as, as an electric motor, oh, right? No. So You can't. So, I mean, the only other way I could think of to keep internal combustions performing like that is if they started out on an electric motor for the initial hit and then switched up to the engine, you know, which I don't know. I think they'll just skip that step and just go right to all electric. But we'll talk more about that. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about that on cruise control. I, I have a solution. What's the solution? Go back to three speeds on the column. <laughs> it's as fast <laughs> as you can pull that lever. <laughs> yeah, and there you go. The pedal and push the pedal. I think, you know, I would like to jump ahead in time to 100 years. I think people won't understand why certain people opted for a, a, a manual transmission. I agree. And they won't know how to work it. Almost like when we look at a Model T and there was all that, those different settings and extra pedals. It's one of the things I always wanted to do to learn how to drive a Model T. This, the controls were not standardized the way we have now with an accelerator, a brake, and a clutch pedal. Well, I drove one once. <clears throat> and between the spark advance and the pushing uh, the, the middle pedal in, to go forward and then letting it out to go backwards. Uh, it was pretty confusing. And yet, obviously, people got used to it yeah. to the tune of 15 million of them. It, it sounds confusing. It sounds like it could be a potential accident <laughs> involved. Well, but remember, there was no standard uh, uh, control. pedal control mm -hmm. back then. Yeah. So each manufacturer had a different pedal control, which made yep. it excellent if you borrowed someone's car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when we come back, we're going to do some talking tech time. Uh, virtual design, it is the key to Cadillac's future new models. We're going to tell you about that and how that means more models will be coming out more often. Right now, it's a typical, typically about a five-year development time for a new model from start to finish. I think we're going to see that go down to uh, a year, year and a half, something like that. Uh, maybe less, who knows, right? I think you're right. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about why Canadian car dealers are annoyed with their U.S. <laughs> counterparts. It has to do with the chip shortage and the shortage of cars. We'll tell you, tell you about that. And I'll have an at-the-wheel review of the all-new 2022 Acura MDX, which is the fourth generation of their flagship big SUV, uh, and uh, it was uh, it was a, a wonderfully designed vehicle. I have to tell you that. So we'll talk about that when we come back on Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. When we come back, more good stuff about cars on Cruise Control, your oh, on-air okay. automotive magazine. <laughs> cars.
Got a topic or a vehicle you'd like Cruise Control to cover? Leave us a comment on our Cruise Control Radio Facebook page. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Les Jackson is all about virtual design, aren't you, Les? That's, well, look, I mean, you, if I am Mr. Style. <laughs> you were virtually designed. That's that's what I like to think that's about. That's true. Yeah, yeah. well. We're talking uh, tech this uh, session of Cruise Control Radio, and it's about how Cadillac has uh, basically used technology, virtual development, what they call uh, an augmentedly virtual development, a VDDV process, to bring out their lyric. So they're testing things ahead of time virtually. They are doing things like Aeroacoustics and active noise cancelization. All of this is done virtually. Cabin comfort is developed virtually. Advanced aerodynamics, virtually. No more putting little pieces of uh, tape on cars and uh, putting them oh, in yeah. the wind tunnel. Yeah. Yep. So uh, a big change, Les Jackson. I think a lot of this, this, this vehicle was developed, the all-electric SUV, was developed nine months ahead of schedule using virtual testing and validation. Uh, I think I think this is a good thing because I think there's going to be more models. It's going to cost them less to do all this testing. They'll be able to get through it quicker and, True. and get us more models and more vari- variants of vehicles. And I also think it's going to be easier to build electric vehicles. Am I wrong to think about that? Not at all, because uh, it's, it's, it's such a simple, relatively simple drivetrain. Yeah. So, uh, there, you know, there's not ho- hooking a whole bunch of mechanical elements together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree with you. And, and virtual design like this, you know, think about how long it takes otherwise to develop just the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do that virtually, you save months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as uh, we were saying a little bit earlier, it typically takes five years to develop a car from yeah. start to finish. And sometimes that even means using an, an existing drivetrain. So if we can cut that down, way down, it's going to, uh, well, it's going to, let's face it, they're going to make more profits because it will cost less to do it. Um, and it's just going to cut the time down. So that means they can better react. If let's say people say, you know what? I don't want crossovers anymore. I want a sedan. It won't be like, oh, well, you know what? We set up crossovers and uh, we have to stick with that because we have a a five-year plan of that. They'll be able to quickly adjust. I agree. Um, This clearly, clearly everybody uh, is going to be doing it this way because it's quick, it's cost effective. You can make changes when you have to. Yeah, you know, after it's, the model's out, or, or let's say a, a a safety regulation changes, or let's say mm-hmm. let's say, oh, you know what? We will allow uh, cameras as side view mirrors as opposed to side view mirrors. Uh, you can immediately punch some numbers and know, well, what's that going to do to our aerodynamic coefficient? What's that going to do to sound levels in the vehicle when it's at highway speeds, 
et cetera, et cetera, crash testing, all that and more. Do you think there'll come a time when they don't even physically crash test cars? They're already um, virtually crash testing about 25%. It, it's a lot. It's certainly a lot less wasteful, isn't it? And Oh, yeah. It could also mean that the end of the pre-production cars, where they typically run 200 or 300 cars through a process uh, right. to make sure everything works, I can see in coming years when people are more confident for virtual design and virtual testing that they could start running cars and maybe just do a, a run of 25 cars uh, off the assembly line. So it's it's big savings. It's a huge savings. Uh, before virtual crash testing, General Motors, for instance, and same is true of Ford, Volkswagen, they were crash testing 400 cars a year. Yeah. That's a lot, a lot of waste, a lot of, mm. a lot of stuff that uh, you have to recycle. But here's a great story. Uh, we we have to mention this. Twenty years ago, Mini started production of the new Mini. It was April 26, 2001, the start of Mini production at the Oxford plant in the UK. Isn't that neat? Right. It is neat. Interestingly, I, I, I happen to be in a Mini this week. Oh, that's good. Um, and, and I remember about two years before that, uh, Mini came to the various uh, major city press, uh, automotive press associations with a prototype and had a lunch showing this prototype mm -hmm. saying, what do you think? Do you think this will sell? They were actually... Um, getting kind of final approval. Wow. Wow. Well, that, the first generation was, was very cool. I think it was closer, if it can be, to to what the Mini was originally. And right. what's interesting is the new ones are going to get smaller and be sim more similar to the Mini and eventually go all electric in, I believe, the early 2030s. It'll be an all-electric brand. Perfect brand to go all-electric, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, you know, what impresses me is they build a thousand, 1,000 minis a day. Yeah, that, that, think about that. 1,000 minis a day. Uh, That's and, wonderful. And in 2019, the mini Oxford plant built its 10 millionth mini and was a, awarded uh, the best told story from the official tourism agency for England which is kind of cool, I guess, to have that. And, of course, last week we told you about their Oxford edition, which I think is a yeah. really, really good deal. I hope they put one of those in the uh, press fleet because, you know, typically we get – you have a John Cooper's Works version this week, right? I do. Yeah. Um, which is uh, – boy, is it fully equipped. I won't tell you the price – because you won't believe it, <laughs> but we'll we'll definitely have that on a on a future a several weeks, right? Yeah, but um, the Oxford edition we told you about last week, you can get that uh, if you get it with a manual, you can get it for under twenty thousand uh, dollars, and even with the um, DCT uh, clutchless transmission, that uh, that is more closer to an automatic. I think that adds fifteen hundred dollars onto it. But it's a it's a well equipped vehicle and uh, a cool looking vehicle. I almost like it because it's a little more 
Spartan, but it still has things like heated seats and and all that. So uh, exciting! I always I always have a f- smile on my face when I drive a Mini, and uh, there's going to be a lot more of them around. We both drove the early prototype of the electric Mini, and <laughs> which had the heaviest nearly day. went through the windshield. Yeah, uh, with the regenerated brakes and then uh i drove the new electric mini uh i think you did too uh which is obviously much improved right i i drove the do this was a while back uh the new electric mini and the golf uh electric and i preferred the golf yeah just in driving characteristics just in driving characteristics. both are great yeah yeah well let's move on to our next story and it is about canadian dealers getting angry at American dealers. And it has to do, <laughs> it just makes less laugh for some reason. I don't know why I, this is funny, but it is. <laughs> um, and it has to do, it has to do with, believe it or not, the semiconductor chip shortage. Has anyone talked about when that will end or is there any plan to make more chips? You know? Uh, well, no. And, Sort of. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, turns out, of course, there uh, there is now a big demand for new vehicles as the COVID pandemic winds down, hopefully, at least in the U.S. Obviously, we unfortunately, in other parts of the world, it's raging. But uh, there's a big demand for vehicles. And as we told you last week on Cruise Control, uh, even used vehicles are in demand. Carvana is selling uh, 2.2 cars uh, every couple of minutes, which is crazy. Imagine that. Imagine doing the paperwork for that, Les. Just, I can't just, keep up. I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah, it's like an I Love Lucy show. Yeah, it's like the chocolate, the chocolate factory uh, episode. So um, they are dealers. U.S. dealers are going up to Canada and buying vehicles, buying used vehicles. Of course, the Canadian dollar is worth about 80.57 cents to the dollar right now. So they're buying these vehicles for a lower price and bringing them down to the U.S. And what's happened is there's not a lot of vehicles available for sale in Canada. Hence, that means they're a bit upset with the used dealers and they're hitting all the big ones the f-150 the chevy silverado the nissan rogue and the toyota camry so there you have it hey when we come back at the wheel time the acura mdx the 2022 edition of the fourth generation flagship model for the brand i'll have an at the wheel review when we come back on cruise control get even more automotive content from cruise control Head over to our Cruise Control YouTube page and subscribe. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Les and Fred here. We uh, just one one more thing about the chip shortage, Fred. Yeah, we were talking about when will it end, right? Yes. Well, it uh, the chip manufacturers uh, have said uh, that they feel they can catch up by sometime in July. Wow, okay, so not that far off. Yeah, but when you catch up to the manufacturing level, you still have all the backlog. Yeah, and remember, like, Ford has built some F-150s and left 
Silverado for Chevy uh, and others, they've built vehicles and just kind of pushed them aside until they get the parts and pieces. So uh, those vehicles, I would assume, would be first in line to <laughs> get get the chips. Yeah, but I think I think the industry is kind of has a a backlog of quarter billion mm -hmm. vehicles. Mm -hmm. Well, one uh, one vehicle uh, that doesn't have a backup uh, because I had a chance to drive it, uh, and that was uh, the Acura MDX. I'm going to do an at-the-wheel review of this vehicle, Les Jackson. Matter of fact, uh, here's the vehicle, uh, and it was a uh, 2022 MDX SH all-wheel drive advanced model, which is a top-of-the-range this had a 3.5 liter, 290 horsepower VTEC engine with variable cylinder management and a 10 speed. That's new, one of the many, many new things on the all new fourth generation MDX, a 10 speed transmission up from a nine speed transmission previously. Just walking around the outside, very clean design. Up front, there's the huge shield grill with a huge Acura logo on it. it must be five six inches around on the inside uh really high-end materials i would say everybody that wants a usb port gets one because <laughs> they're they're <laughs> everywhere and then on the outside uh they they've increased what they call the dashboard to axle basically the space from the from the front of the dashboard to the front axle they've increased that by four inches and this gives this new MDX more of a uh, rear cabin look, which I like. It looks like the vehicle's got a longer hood. I believe the hood's a couple inches longer, and it, it looks great. What I liked about the outside is the, the very visible creases and style lines in the hood and in the back of the vehicle. I especially like the back of the vehicle. It almost looked like uh, it came to a, a DA in the back uh, or a, a point. Uh, almost very boat-like in a sense, and I like that. I thought it looked that's 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 the word boat-like. And it um, it looked elegant, and it and the rear bumper was kind of tucked in. Mine was in a beautiful metallic um, tinted clear coat paint color, and it had some chrome accent strips in it. Walking around the side, the only weird line I found was there's sort of like a frown on the side of the. Uh, lower part of the doors, um, just a weird style line, the only one I could find. Uh, up front, of course, is that big, big grill with the big logo. That has active shutters now for uh, fuel economy, which uh, is not super great on this vehicle. This kind of a heavy vehicle. It's over 4,500 pounds. Highways 25, city 19, 21 for the combined and on the inside, a uh, lot of luxury and that, but but I found that the styling on the inside was a bit busy. You know how we were saying earlier in the show that Honda is going uh, to a much, much more simple interior. Well, Acura has gone completely the other way. It is, uh, it is pretty, pretty busy. Uh, it is. It, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of, of highly instrumented interiors, but. That just looks cluttered. Yeah, there was a lot going on, and the problem was that the 
a lot of the controls were uh, covered in a piano black treatment, that super shiny black treatment with white lettering on it. I found it hard to see. And then there were two layers of buttons. One was inset a little bit, and they controlled things like heated and cooled seats and sort of the secondary functions. They were a little hard to see. One of my takeaways from this, uh, this one has 290 horsepower, as I said, a 3.5 liter V6. And that's found in other under other Honda and Acura vehicles in the lineup. It felt a little underpowered to me, and I'm not sure whether that meant the engine was not up to moving that weight around or whether the 10-speed transmission was just not getting into gear correctly. I felt like I, I at times there was a little hesitation in the vehicle, and I <laughs> felt like I really had to crowd the pedal to get it to go. When it did get through all that, when it got through all that shifting and that, it went fine, made some good sounds. Of course, you have different settings. Uh, they have a dynamic mode knob on the dash, which you can set it to snow, which I didn't set it to snow because there's <laughs> no snow. Okay. Um, and uh, normal, comfort, and sport. Sport alleviated some of that hesitation in the transmission. Uh, not completely. But the other thing I noticed, um, this rolls on 20-inch wheels, and I felt that it was pretty rough, the suspension, in any of those settings. It really felt pretty stiff all the time, um, which I think could get a little bit annoying. Now, of course, we're dealing with roads that are torn up from the winter and, and all that. On the highway, it was great, but when you're just dealing with typical roads with bumps and things like that, it was a little bit harsh. It felt a little bit abrupt for the type of vehicle it is. It is a three-row SUV. It, see, it should it should just it should ride smoother than that. I think so, or at least in the normal and comfort modes, be a little bit less like that. Uh, it it's almost like there wasn't that big a difference between the modes, other than the engine sound, the exhaust note when I put it in sport was a little bit was a little bit more noticeable. On the inside, I mean, it's got uh, virtually everything going for it uh, as far as, uh, you know, wireless Android Auto on Apple CarPlay, uh, an incredible screen. Uh, one thing I liked on it, uh, one of my favorite things, you might think it's a small thing, but I thought it was kind of cool. As you drive, there's a little projected vehicle, your vehicle, and if you can see the turn signals on the the back, it's a back view. The turn signal flashes on mm -hmm. and off. If you have the headlights on instead of just a headlight indicator, it shows headlights. You know, like the, an overhead view of headlights on. Oh. I thought that was handy. I really did. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a, a cool little thing. Um, once again, I, there's all kinds of uh, all kind of connectivity for uh, third row passengers. If you want a USB. Uh, second row passengers and front row passengers. That's that's become the new cup holders, as we talked about that. Uh, and they are in USB and USB-C. So if you have a, a newer phone or something like that, uh, easy uh, easy to uh, connect up. Uh, also, the graphics are pretty cool when it goes into sport mode. It does one of those things that I'm not a fan of. When you shut it down, it makes that jet engine sound and graphics. I'm not a fan of that, but you know, that's no. that's you can probably turn that off. But uh, the total price was sixty one thousand four seventy five for the Acura MDX. Sixty one thousand um, 
I'm sorry, 61, it's, I have a bad copy here, 61,000, looks like 675. It's kind of a copy of a copy. The base price is $60,650. So with the advanced model having basically everything, we didn't have really any options. Um, But, uh, you know, if you're looking for a three-row vehicle that has some great exterior design, I think it's one to choose. Just, Just think about the driving characteristics, though. I... I felt it might be a little bit annoying. They are going to have a sport version with 335 horsepower. I bet that's going to ride even rougher, though. What do you think? I think it'll ride rougher, which is a deal point to me. All right. We appreciate you listening to Cruise Control Radio. I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We'll see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to cruisecontrolradio.com.